Well, we have got a treat for you today. I am not preaching today, but we have a special guest with us. Uh, we are an independent church, so that means we're not part of a denomination, but we do have other churches that we work very closely with, and one of them is Jewel City Church in Shinston, West Virginia. They are our partners in ministry. Uh, we learn so much from them. Uh, they support us in many, many ways spiritually and, and give us counsel, and, and they've helped us through the many seasons of our church, and we're so blessed to just be able to work in the ministry alongside of them. And they have a wonderful staff, and this next lady is a part of their staff. She has spoken for us on numerous occasions. She does a fantastic job. Will you welcome Pastor Rita Robinson to the platform today? And we are so, so blessed uh, to have her. How many have never heard Rita before? Just raise your hand. Okay, I'm just going to tell you now, you're probably going to laugh a lot, loudly, and you might shed a tear as well. But in the midst of all, that's going to be some great Bible truth. How are you today? Uh, hungry. <laughs> She's hungry. All right. Well, we got some snacks in the back. I think that's not what you mean, is it? <laughs> Go get them. Thank you for being here. Good morning, Crossroads. How are you? Do we have any redeemed people out there this morning? Anybody redeemed? It's good to be here. And I tell you, this is a real treat for me. I don't deserve to be here. But then again, I got arthritis, and I don't deserve that either. It's good to be here, and I love your new sanctuary. I love worshiping with you. I love the praise and worship. We're going to have a good time this morning. I said, I've been, uh, I was looking for a few faces. You're looking good this morning, as much as I can see. Um, but I, I was looking for some familiar faces, and I haven't found them yet, unless they're back there behind a mask somewhere. Uh, I have been here before, never in this sanctuary. And not much has changed. Still single. <laughs> Me and the Marine Corps have something in common. We're looking for a few good men. <laughs> Maybe I've picked up a couple extra pounds. But one thing I've learned, you know, fat people are harder to kidnap. <laughs> now, um, I, I, I joined, a, a, I'm going to say a fat club not long ago. And I went one morning last week to, uh, to go to the fat club and do a little exercise. And when I got there, I realized I forgot my card. And they said that a new card would cost $10. Well, across the road was a coffee shop. And coffee and donut was $3. Guess who saved $7? <laughs> yep, you're looking at her. Um, I will say, I wanted to tell you about, I got three godchildren. And uh, one of them, uh, the youngest, his name is Travis. And uh, I love Travis. He just recently graduated from mortuary school. And uh, he's a full-fledged undertaker now and works at Amos Carvelli in Clarksburg, West Virginia. And I told Travis the other day, I said, you know, out of the three of them, I knew that you'd be the last one to let me down. <laughs> okay? And so anyway, I went to have lunch with him and his new girlfriend. And his new girlfriend said, uh, have you told your godmother what your new pickup line for girls is? And I looked at him, I said, no, he hasn't. I said, Travis, what's your new pickup line for girls? He said, well, I tell him, if you marry me, you can sleep an extra 20 minutes to a half hour every morning because I can do your hair and makeup. <laughs> he said the other day that one of the local uh, pastors ran in and he said, Travis, I got a funeral in five minutes and I just can't fix my tie. 
There's something wrong with my tie. Can you help me fix my tie? Travis said, I sure can. Lay down. <laughs> but it's good to be here this morning. And it's good to see you. I enjoy laughing uh, and uh, having a good time. I think Christians should be happy people. And 220 has not been the best year, but it's not certainly been the worst year either. You know, we're still here and still alive. This morning, I just want to um, uh, speak to you this morning. I didn't know exactly what to uh, entitle this message. I entitled it The Grace Family. And then I thought, well, I could entitle it The Ladies in the Life of Paul. But um, so anyway, I'm going to go with that. And I'm going to read my text to you this morning. Uh, and it's from Ephesians 2, 8. And it says in Ephesians, Paul penned this. He said, for by grace have ye been saved through faith. And it is not of yourself, it is the gift of God. Anybody here been saved by grace this morning? Anybody? By the way, Pastor Robert said to tell you hello. And he also said to tell you, "Woo!" that's what he said. So anytime, I'm not nervous. Anytime you will feel like saying, whoo, well, I preach, you just go right ahead. But he did tell me to tell you hello and to tell you, whoo, okay. Grace, I want to define that for you. You probably know what it is. It's an old Hebrew term. And grace means to stoop or to bend. Aren't you thankful that one day grace came by your way and he stooped and he bent down and he saved your soul and changed your life? Aren't you grateful for that? I'm so grateful that one day grace came by my mother's way. It was my mother. She said she went from church to church to try to find something. She was not raised in a Christian home. She said, I went everywhere to try to find something to fill the emptiness inside me. And I couldn't find anything to satisfy. And she said, one day I went to church with a neighbor. And after we left church, the neighbor said, Teresa, my mother's name, she said, Teresa, at our church, we wear hats. And my mother said, I wasn't looking for a hat. I was looking for something to satisfy the inside of my soul. And she went to an Assembly of God church one day on Ferry Street in Clarksburg. And mercy and grace found her. And grace stooped down and picked her up. And you know what? She handed Jesus Christ to me. I'm a second generation Christmas and I, Christian, and I'm thankful for it. Aren't you? I'm so thankful. I had one of those mothers. I remember telling the last time I had one of those mothers that made you go to church if you wanted to or not. Nowadays, the parents ask the children, do you want to go to church? And that wasn't like that at my house. I said, my mother was one of those that always took you to church. Sometimes I'd say, Ma, I don't feel good. I don't want to go to church today. And she'd look at me and she'd say, if you're sick, throw up and prove it. And if you didn't throw up, you went to church. And if you did throw up, she'd pat you on the head and say, now don't you feel better, go get in the car. So I tell you, that's just how it was at my house. Mercy and grace. Okay, grace is something that stoops. How many of you know that love upward is worship? Love outward is affection. But love that bends, love that stoops, that's grace. And grace will pick you up. Grace will keep pace with whatever you face. Okay, 
Uh, there's a little course we used to sing in Bible college that says, Grace, grace, God's grace. Grace that is greater than all my sin. Grace, grace, God's grace. Grace that will pardon and cleanse within. Mercy is deliverance from judgment. But grace is extending kindness to the unworthy. Now, what I'm going to do today is um, I'm going to preach an allegorical type sermon this morning. That sounds important, but it's really not. Okay, I'm going to preach an allegorical type message because what I have chosen to do, and I said to my friend Judy that rode up with me, I said, I hope they sing a song that has something about mercy and grace in it. And I was listening for it. Maybe you weren't, but I was. And the first two songs had something about mercy and grace in it. So this morning, what I would like to do with this allegorical type message is I would like to look in web dictionary and I would like to pull a couple words off the pages and I would look like to look in the King James Bible and pull a couple words off the pages and I'd like to breathe life into them and give them personality give them a voice this morning if they could talk to you what would they say so some of the words that I'm going to pull off mercy is when you don't get something a punishment or something that you do deserve how many of you have ever found mercy one day you deserved punishment you deserved but you found mercy you didn't get what you deserved and grace is just the opposite it's when you get something that you don't deserve. You get blessings and favor and all these good things from the Lord. Your steps are ordered from the Lord. All these good things and you don't deserve them, but you get them anyway. That's grace. So this morning what I want to do is I want to pull grace out of the King James. I want to pull mercy out of the King James, out of Webster's, and I'm going to give them a voice this morning. Now, I want to tell you that mercy and grace... Now, they're not sisters. They're, they're from the same family because they got the same father. Okay? Their father is the same. They're not sisters, but they're first cousins. Mercy and grace. And one day, mercy and grace are just chilling. They're just hanging out together because they work well together. Mercy and grace got a good thing going. And they just work well together. So they just happen to be chilling. And on this particular day, mercy and grace are chilling on a place called uh, at a junction on a dusty road. And they're chilling there. Over here to your right at the junction is a street called Straight Street. And uh, they're on the Damascus Road. Okay? Now, as they're sitting there just hanging out, chilling on the Damascus Road there at the junction... All of a sudden, Mercy looks over at Grace and says, Hey, Grace, we got a good thing going, don't we? I love it how we work together. And Grace said, Yeah, we do. We got a great thing going. And Mercy says, What was one of your favorite times when we worked together? When you and I just kind of put things together and a plan came together and we led somebody, we took somebody home to Father. We led them to heaven, led them to Jesus. What's one of your favorite times? And Grace said, Oh, hands down. I remember. Do you remember when Zacchaeus shimmied up that tree? 
Do you remember when he climbed up the tree? He didn't know Jesus. He just wanted to get a glimpse of him. And he said, there he was waiting on Jesus. And when Jesus walked underneath that sycamore tree, it said all of a sudden, grace and mercy said, we were there. We saw what happened. Jesus stopped. And he looked up and he called Zacchaeus. He knew Zacchaeus by name. There was no formal introduction. But yet he looked up and he said, Zacchaeus, you come on down. And mercy said, oh, I remember the day I tapped him on the shoulder. I remember the day that up that tree, he said, I just tapped Zacchaeus on his shoulder. And I said, he's calling for you. The master is calling for you. And Zacchaeus went down the tree. And Grace said, oh, I remember walking with Zacchaeus. I remember walking with Jesus. And the crowd, they made fun and they scorned. But Zacchaeus and Jesus worked all the way to Zacchaeus' house. And when they got to Zacchaeus' house, Grace said, I remember whispering in his ear. And when Jesus waved goodbye, remember Zacchaeus was a different man. Man. I tell you, when mercy and grace find you, you become different men. You become different women. You got a new hope. You got a new home. You got a new father. And things change for you. And your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. I'm so glad one day mercy knocked on my shoulder, tapped on my shoulder, and grace whispered in my ear. And, and then Grace said, well, Mercy, what's one of your favorite memories? And Mercy said, oh, hands down. I remember. Do you remember John chapter 4? Do you remember the day the woman crawled out of bed? Man, her hair was a mess. Her breath stunk. And she didn't care because nobody in town liked her anyway. The women didn't like her. The men didn't like her. And her dress, she wasn't dressed too good. And the first thing she did was get out of bed. And Grace said, oh, I know, Mercy, who you're talking about. You're talking about that. Uh, well, well I, I forget her name. But, but uh, she's that woman from Samaria. Oh, I remember. I remember her. And, and Mercy said, oh, yeah. Lands her. I remember when she crawled out of bed. She was a sight to see. And the other women wouldn't even go to the well with her. Man, because she was a woman of the night. She had a red light in her window. She did not have a good reputation. The men liked her by night. But they acted like they didn't know her in the daytime. Okay, so he said, oh, I remember. She grabbed her water pitcher. She went to the well. I remember that. And Grace said, oh, yeah, I remember. It's coming back. It's coming back. Here it is. And he said, remember? All of a sudden, Jesus came down. And Mercy said, I remember tapping her on the shoulder. And when Jesus came, Grace said, yes. And I whispered in her ear. And they began talking. And as they continued their conversation about how when she left the well that day, she was so excited about finding Jesus and about them leading her to Father that she forgot got her water pot. She left her water pot at the well and ran back into the city, John chapter 4, verse 29, and said, come, see a man. They said, just like her, she's always wanting you to come and see the man. But she said, no, this man is different. He told me all things ever I did. Is not this the Christ? So as they were still conversing with memories back and forth, mercy and grace working together, all of a sudden, mercy said, grace, do you see what I see? Do you see what I see? Who is that coming down the road? And Grace stands up and looks around the corner a little bit and says, Why is that? Can it be? Why, that is Saul. Saul of Tarsus. That's who that is. And they said, oh, we know him. He's got a bad reputation. He's a smart guy. He's learned. He's got some education. He's got a lot of brains. But, man, he hates the Christians. He does not like the Christians. Matter of fact, I think he's on his way now. Word in Damascus has. They're expecting him to come because they are. he has got papers in his pocket. And he's going to go to the synagogues. He's going to knock on the doors of every home. And he's going to drag out every Christian. And he's going to kill them. 
He's going to destroy every Christian that's inside the city of Damascus today. And mercy and grace said, what do you think? Let's have some fun with him. Let's just have a little bit of fun with a Saul today. And they looked up at the Father and they got the green light from the Father. Go ahead and have your fun, mercy, grace. So all of a sudden they jumped down. They jumped from the perch where they were sitting. And mercy jumps out in that dusty road. And all of a sudden she spooks Saul's horse. And the horse, I can just see it, jumping him in the air. And Paul falls to the ground in the dust. And while he's laying down in there wondering what on earth happened, what scared my horse, and he's laying there in the dust wondering what happened, all of a sudden, Grace reaches down and whispers in his ear and says, The Father sent us. I got good news for you today. When you get up from the dust and you brush the dust from your garments today, Saul, you're going to be a different man. Your life's going to change from this day on. And when Saul got up and he couldn't see, his spiritual eyes were now open and his physical eyes he couldn't see. And he felt his way back to his animal, felt his way back to the horse. The people in the crowd didn't know what was going on. And then Saul looked over and he said, Who was that that whispered in my ear? And Grace said, Oh, I'm from the family of grace said you're going to meet some more of my sisters I'm from the family of grace and he said well is that your name he said yes but she said I got a first name my first name is saving grace (laughs) saving grace sometimes they slip and call me amazing but my name is saving grace and I'm going to change your life today Paul so when he got up out of the dust he had already met mercy and he had already met saving grace now, and he said, saving grace, said, Paul, I got, so there's five of us grace sisters, and you're going to meet all of them except one, and I hope you don't meet her. Now, we, 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 she doesn't hang out with us because she preaches a little different theology than we do. We, we, she's kind of the black sheep of the family. You know, every family has a black sheep. And if you can't name the black sheep of your family, you're probably it. <laughs> but, anyway, but anyway, every family has a black sheep. And Saving Grace said, I've got four sisters, and one of them's a black sheep. I'll tell you right now what her name is, but I hope you don't meet her. Said her, her name is Greasy. Greasy Grace. John Hagee speaks of Greasy Grace a lot. You know, Greasy Grace will tell you, you can live just any way you want to live, say anything you want to say, do anything you want to do, and slide into heaven. I got news for you. It don't work that way. It doesn't work that way. God gives us laws and commandments. He doesn't bind us down with rules. He sets us free. But there's an expectation that he desires of each of us. We are to live righteous, holy, godly, clean lives that we may be pleasing unto him. And greasy grace. I want to read something to you. Romans chapter 6 and verse 1. Once again. This is Paul. You see, when Paul got up out of the dust, his name was no longer Saul. It was Paul. And Paul gave us about two-thirds of the New Testament. Okay, and he said in Romans 6, 1, Paul said, What shall we say then? Should we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How can we? That we are dead, live in sin longer therein. So that's greasy grace. 
where you can live any way you want to live and slide into heaven. And so here's Paul. He says, okay, I hope I don't meet greasy. I've already met mercy and saving grace. And so he goes around and Paul begins to preach. He begins to tell what happened on the Damascus Road. He begins to tell everybody, Ephesus, Corinth, Philippi. He begins to tell Rome and tell everybody what happened to him on the Damascus Road. How he met mercy. How he met saving grace. And how he never hopes to meet greasy grace. When all of a sudden he just preaches. He starts, he starts churches. He's a missionary. He does all these things for Jesus Christ because he got a real turnaround on the Damascus Road. And Paul saw many troubles. He, was, he just saw all kinds of things. He was a snake bitten. He was shipwrecked. All of these things happened to Paul, which I don't have time to tell you everything. But I do want to tell you that in Acts chapter 14, I don't have a scripture for that, but you can read it in the entire chapter. It says that one day Paul was preaching inside the city of Lystra. And he was just giving them the gospel. He was standing on the street corner, just giving them the gospel, the good news, how Jesus Christ died. He saved them, how he was buried, and on the third day rose again. He preached Christ crucified, risen, and coming again. Some of the crowd didn't like what they heard, so they began to taunt him. And it says in Acts chapter 14 that they began to reach down in the dust and pick up stones, and they, and they took aim, and they just didn't want to scare him. They just didn't want to run him out of town. They wanted to kill Paul. And so they picked up the stones, and it says, as the stones fell on Paul, and he tried to dodge all of the stones, but he couldn't dodge them all. They hit his head, his face, his chest, his legs. They hit every part of his body until there came a time when Paul collapsed in the dust, and he fell there in the dust, and someone said, Yep, I think he's dead. So what did they do? The word says, that I don't know how they did it, but I can picture that maybe somebody took his hands, somebody else took his feet, and they drug him all the way down the dusty road until they came to a hillside. One, two, three. And they threw Paul over the hillside. And he landed down. They saw him tumble down and land down there on the landing. And they said, well, there he is. And some people think that he really was dead. Others think that he wasn't. That's neither here nor yon this morning. All I know is about then he met another grace sister. Because as he lay there in the dust, bleeding, dust stuck to him, blood stuck to him. As he lay down there, all of a sudden he heard somebody whisper in his ear, get up, Paul. Get up. Get up, Paul. Paul. Paul shakes, and he lays there for a minute. Get up, Paul. You can do this. You can do this, Paul. Get up. And he says, I hear something. Who is this? Is that you saving? He said, she said, no, I'm another sister. She says, I'm a third sister. My name is Sustaining. I'm sustaining grace, and I'm going to get you out of this fix you're in, Paul. I'm going to pick you up out of the dirt. I'm going to sustain you. I'm staying with you. And that's the sister that Paul hung out with the most, was sustaining grace. And sustaining kept saying, come on, get up, get up, raise up, raise up, put your foot up, stand up, stand up. How many of you sometimes through this COVID, through the division in the country, through the sickness and the financial problems, through all of the addictions and everything, has sustaining grace 
ever whispered in your ear and said, you can do this. You can make it. You can go on. You can do this. We're going to take you all the way home. So Paul got up. I can see him now. I can see him as he crawls up. I, I picture him just as kind of akin to me, a little short fella. I mean, maybe a little smaller than I am, but about my height. I can just see him now going up that hill, climbing up that hill. And when he gets to the top of the hill, he's covered in blood and dust. He kind of wipes what he can off his mouth. Picture him now. I like that. I, I'm a picture person. I like to picture Paul, and I like to see him rolling up his sleeves and marching back into town. And he goes back in. He doesn't water down the gospel. He starts preaching right where he left off. And he begins to preach the gospel, the good news again. And everybody looks at him and says, didn't we just, what was going on here? Didn't we just, and they couldn't, They left. he left them scratching their heads but there he was preaching the good news again they couldn't dampen his spirits I'm telling you you and I are living in a time when it's going to become harder and harder every day to become a Christian and we're going to have to learn sustaining grace we're going to have to learn to stand when the times get tough we're going to have to learn when someone looks us in the eye and says are you a believer what about you and you some people are going to turn and hightail and run but there's going to be those that plan their feet and say I am a believer I'm glad that I can say that I'm one of them I will not deny him I will not denounce him he is my savior sustaining grace now Paul he says in Philippians chapter 4 verse 13 most of us can quote that Paul said I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me I can climb this hill I can do what needs to be done. I want to look you in the eye what I can. It's pretty bright up here. I felt like Saul myself a minute ago when he saw the light on the Damascus Road. I want to look at you when I can, and I want to say you can do this. It's going to get tough. I've been preaching and speaking for years, and I believe the Bible all the way from Genesis clear back to the maps at the end of the book. But I want to tell you, I never once thought that I would live to see the day that I see now. It's a a little tiny bit scary but it's a grand and a glorious day because the word of God is coming to pass God will do exactly what he said he would do and I hope everybody in this room has met mercy and I hope everybody has met saving grace and sustaining grace I'm going to go on because I can't drag this out and I got to be time conscious okay one day Paul's in prison Acts chapter 16 and he's in prison he had been beaten his back laid wide open. They were put in stocks and bond, he and Silas. Most of us know the story. There they are in prison. And it was dark outside. And it was dark inside. But there they are. And it was almost midnight. And they couldn't hardly put their backs back to the wall because of the blood and the stripes. They couldn't even scratch their nose or wipe the sweat out of their eye when all of a sudden in that darkness and in all that pain somebody said psst Paul I got a message for you Paul said is that you saving no 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 and it's sure not greasy but he said I'll tell you who I am it's sustaining again you just can't see me I got a message for you Paul one word sing sing Paul sing right here 
right now. Sing, Paul, sing. And at midnight, Paul and Silas began to sing praises unto the Lord. And they sang praises, and there was a talk about a jailhouse rock. I want to tell you, talk about talk about a jailhouse rock. I want to tell you, the jailhouse began to rock, and I'll tell you, the prison doors were open, and good things began to happen. Sustaining grace visits again. Okay. Now another one, and I'm going to hurry right along. Five more minutes. Okay, there's another sister. Okay, and one day Paul is having some issues. In, first, in 2 Corinthians 12, 8 and 9, Paul said three times, I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. I don't know what that was, his thorn in the flesh. Some people say it was his eyesight. Others said it was his mother-in-law. I don't know what it was. That's true, I've heard that. You know, so I don't know. He said, three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said in in 2 Corinthians 12, 8 and 9, my grace is sufficient. Grace is sufficient for you. And for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. So all of a sudden, some another sister shows up. He said, you've met saving. you met sustaining. You haven't met greasy. But he says, you know what my, great, my name is? My name is TaylorMade Grace. TaylorMade. This thorn was just for you, Paul. It's just for you. Silas don't have it. Barnabas don't have it. Mark doesn't have it. This thorn is just for you. Maybe sometimes there's a situation that your neighbor or there's a sister sitting beside you or your husband or your wife or somebody's not going through, but you're going through a trial and you've prayed for it to be removed. Paul said, I prayed three times, but he said, this is tailor-made grace. You've got the grace that will see you through that situation that is yours and yours alone. Okay. Now, I just want to tell you, I'm about to wind up here. Paul's in prison, and this is his last time in prison. I could go on. I have a lot more, but I'm running out of time. Okay, Paul's in prison, and he's lived a full life. He's preached his heart out. He's written books. He's pastored. He's missionaried. He's, with the Lord's help, performed miracles. He's done all these things, and now they looked at Paul and said, we're going to put you in prison. This is your last night on earth. This is it. Tomorrow morning when the sun rises, we're going to take you out to the guillotine. We're going to take you out to the chopping block, and we are going to take your head off. And so Paul says, oh my, you know, that night in the prison, now he, he looked weather his, from the ship and the, and the wind and the rain on the waters. He was, his skin was like leather. He had scars all over his body. He was weather beaten and worn. He had just preached his heart out for the Lord. He's in prison and he knows that unless something happens tomorrow, he's going to lay down his life for the cause and the gospel of Jesus Christ. So that night there in the prison, I can just see as he hums and as he hums when all of a sudden he hears a noise in the corner. His eyesight is bad anyway and it's dark and he said, is that you saving? Is that you mercy? Mercy said, I'm here, Paul. I'm over here in the corner and saving is here. And, and, and tailor made is here and sustaining is here but today, tonight you're going to meet our last sister and Paul said, oh really where's she at what's her name, said Paul her name is dying dying grace 
And so Diane walks up and takes Paul's hand and said, Paul, I'm going to stay with you all night because this is your last night on earth. And tomorrow I'm going to take each step with you to the chopping block. I'll walk with you. You're going to feel me. Mercy and goodness and, and grace and sustaining and tailor-made will be there too. But it's my job to take you to the, to the post where they're going to take your head off. So the next morning when the sun comes up and they lead Paul out to the post, they look at Paul and they're glad to get rid of him. And they said to Paul, you have any last words you would like to say? And, and dying grace took his hand and squeezed it. And Paul could feel that. And he squared those shoulders. It was hard. He could feel the stripes stretching on his back. He said, I sure do. He said, for me to live is Christ, and for me to die is gain. And he also said, to be absent from this body is going to be present. I will be present with the Lord. And so that day they chopped Paul's head off. I can see it as it's severed from his body, and it kind of rolls a bit and lands in the dust that day. But yet he says to you and to me today, he said, Follow my example and let grace follow you all the way home. He said, I just pray that, and I, I wrote down here, Paul, your journey is going to be a lot like Paul's journey. I hope everybody in this room knows saving grace. And there's going to come a time you need sustaining grace. There's going to come a time you need tailor-made grace. There's going to be a time you need dying grace. I've worked in radiology for 40 years. I've seen a lot of people die. I'm telling you, we're not alone on this journey. You see, the word says, I got goodness and mercy behind me. And they're following, they're chasing after me. Goodness and mercy is behind me. I'm to run with patience on this side. I got saving grace. Yeah, the song says, amazing grace. How sweet the sound. That saved an old wretch like me. He says, grace has brought me safe thus far. And grace... It's going to lead me home. Would you bow your heads with me, please? This morning, we're not going to bring you up front. No one, no one will know. But me, you, and Jesus, that you raised your hand. I don't want to sit down until I give you an opportunity. How many of you here have never met mercy? I got good news for you. Mercy and grace are chilling in this place today. Mercy and grace are hanging out here in one of these corners. And they want to come and tap you on your shoulder and whisper in your ear. Anybody here need to become acquainted today with mercy and grace? You're not pleased with the life you're living. You don't know where you're going to spend eternity. You don't know Jesus. Mercy and grace want to minister to you this morning. Is there anybody that would just raise your hand and say, Rita, don't bring me up front. Rita, don't embarrass me. But please, I need to become acquainted with mercy and grace. Anybody here? Anybody? I can't see very well, but I don't see any hands. We're going to sing a song now, and I'm going to turn this back over to your pastor. I want you to know that the grace family's all around you. Sustaining grace. Tailor-made grace. Saving grace. And one day, dying grace. God bless you. You've been a good congregation this morning. Give yourself a big hand. Give Jesus a big hand. God bless you. Where's your pastor? There he is. Praise God. Were you blessed by her message today? Mm. 
Grace will lead us home. Stand with us. We're going to pray. Father, we thank you. You sit on a throne of grace. <laughs> you invite us to it. God, we've been blessed today. We've seen our church family. We've worshiped together. We've spoke the name and sang the name of Jesus. We've prayed for our friends and family. And now we've been encouraged to know that there is grace upon grace. Your, your word says you give us more grace. So no matter where we are today, what situation we find ourselves in life, we've got that abundance of grace that you offer to each of us. We thank you for touching every heart, every mind, every life. Bless this week, God. Pray that you would order the steps of your church. You'd put us in the right place at the right time. Give us boldness to open our mouths and be a witness to you. You'd give us compassion to open our hearts, God, and love on people who seem to be unlovable. God, you'd, you'd give us a, a generous spirit that we'd open our wallets. And when there's a need, Father, we'd reach out in this community and we'd meet that need. And we wouldn't, we wouldn't care who gets the credit, God. We would just want to give you the glory. Help us to be your sons and daughters, your lights in our world. Father, we love you and we bless you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen.